I'm Pastor Mike Winger, and this is Bible Thinker, the program dedicated to thinking biblically about everything. Surprise live stream. So uh, I wanted to answer a really quick question and just get this out before Christmas because there's a question I get a lot, and it's about specifically Jeremiah 10 and whether or not this passage specifically forbids and prohibits the use of Christmas trees for Christians because if it does, we should not be doing this. It's an evil practice. And if it doesn't, then some people are using the Bible to be really mean to other people and call them bad things. And so we want to figure out the answer to this question. And uh, that's what we're going to do today. So um, I'm Mike Winger, and this is not the Tuesday live stream. This is your Monday 1 p.m. random live stream that I'm doing. Um, and if you have questions about the topic, I will have a short Q&A right at the end of this discussion. My buddy AJ is again there in the comments section with you. So hi, guys. Thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks for being here. I'm still having my normal Tuesday live stream tomorrow at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I will be doing that. Um, but this is just something I wanted to do because I get this question a lot. But I here's the thing. Some of you are going to think, Mike, you're just making stuff up. Like nobody says Jeremiah 10 is about, you know, Christmas trees being a pagan thing. So what I wanted to do was actually find a resource where someone does say this. So the video I'm about to show you, the clip is from a video on a YouTube channel called Truth Unedited. Truth Unedited. They have 175,000 subscribers. And this particular video has 275,000 views. And it says that everything about Christmas is pagan. But um, specifically, it gets into Christmas trees. So here's the clip. And if you've never heard this before, um, it'll be easy for you to, to, to take it in and, and hear his arguments. But if you already know the passage or you already know the issues, imagine you're hearing this and you don't know anything about Jeremiah 10. You just know you believe the Bible, you love God, right? And then you see this video and it says this about Christmas trees. Imagine how this would land in your heart and your mind. And then I will deal with it in detail. So here we go. This is a pagan symbol. Pagans use this in their celebration of the sun god. Scripture even speaks about it going back to the scripture in Jeremiah chapter 10 verses 2 through 4. Thus says Yahweh, do not learn the way of the Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the Gentiles are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are futile. For one cuts a tree from the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers so that it will not topple. He's speaking of a Christmas tree. He's speaking of a Christmas tree. Did you hear that? That's the interpretation, right? That, that Jeremiah 10 is specifically about Christmas trees. And when you read the passage with this image right here in your head, if that's what's in your mind, then you're thinking Christmas trees, right? Let me read it to you again. Jeremiah 10, it says specifically the customs in verse three, the customs of the people are vanity. A tree from the forest is cut down and worked with an ax by the hands of a craftsman. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nails so that it cannot move. So it would seem that this is clearly about Christmas trees. I mean, certainly, what else do you know where they, they cut it down, they decorate it with silver and gold, they fasten it with nails that it can't move? Um, and if that's the case, I agree we should not have Christmas trees. Then they're an evil thing, a pagan, ungodly, wicked thing to have if that's what this passage is about. The problem is, when we check the context this passage has been ripped out of context and we really need to just read the whole passage. That's always my advice to people on Jeremiah 10. Just read the whole passage because there's something 
happening here and it's called anachronism. You see, when you read the Bible with an anachronistic view, what you do is you read modern issues into ancient texts and that can be a problem. Now, don't get me wrong. The Bible applies to modern times quite well. But imagine if you're reading a passage and you think, oh, that's talking about um, they were fighting with handguns because they took up arms. Okay, but they took up arms back then would have been swords and spears. So that's anachronism. You're reading a modern thing into an ancient thing. Um, so it's very anachronistic to read it that way. We're going to actually look at the passage now. Um, here we are, Jeremiah chapter 10. Let's look at it in context. We're going to read 16 verses and I'll give you some, some commentary. So here's our Bible study on Jeremiah 10. Hopefully this answers the question. Again, if you have questions and you're watching live right now, put those questions in the comment section. AJ will send those to me uh, after this short live stream and I will answer those questions. Um, okay, so Jeremiah 10, it says, Hear the word that the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, Learn not the ways of the nations. Don't learn their ways. Nor be dismayed at the signs of the heavens because the nations are dismayed at them. So when we say, uh, you know, don't, don't learn the ways of the nations, this can be applied to Christmas trees because lots of nations use Christmas trees. But certainly that wasn't what was happening in Jeremiah 10. The Christmas tree, the, something like the Christmas tree, it seems didn't exist until the 1500s AD after the death of Christ. In spite of all the stuff you see online, there's just a lot of hokum that's out there, to be honest. Um, they don't have actual ancient sources they're quoting. They're just repeating claims. And so, I, but that's not what this video is about. So I won't get into that. Um, but sometimes people use this phrase like, oh, don't do what the nations do. I mean, this could be referred to like riding bicycles. Like nations, they ride bicycles. They vote. Voting must be evil because they vote. Nations do that. They go to public schools. So that must be, I mean, public schools have other issues. Sure, many times they do. But, but not because the nations do it. It's not automatically wrong. Jeremiah tends about something very specific. And that's what we need to avoid. So let's keep reading. Um, verse 3, he says, for the customs of the people are vanity. A tree from the forest is cut down and worked with an axe by the hands of a craftsman. Already, there's a problem here. Works, you know, the cut down, that sounds like Christmas tree. Sure, it could be any tree. Trees are cut down all the time. But it's worked with an axe by the hands of a what? A craftsman. A craftsman, someone who's actually like skilled at crafting wood and making it into special shapes. That's the context of verse three. It's it's already talking about something other than Christmas trees. Because I'll tell you, me and my buddy one time... <laughs> Just for fun, my friend and I went over to uh, cut down our own Christmas trees. And I thought they would give us an axe and we would, we would go up and they said, you don't need to bring anything. So we just wore flannels and we were like lumberjacks heading out there. We grew our beards out for, I know we were just being dorks, but we go out there and we drive up the mountain to get our own Christmas trees. And we, we think we're going to hack it with an axe. Actually, we use a saw to cut down our Christmas tree because it's this skinny, actually it's not even that big. Usually it's a skinny little uh, trunk. And the saw goes through it in like seven seconds. It's like done. And you're like, oh, that was a pretty quick trip for <laughs> a long trip for a pretty quick cut. Um, so you don't do anything to the tree after that. You, you, yeah, you, you won't exactly fasten it with nails. You might, maybe you fasten it with nails. Maybe you just use screws and you hold it in place. But what you don't do is work it with, as a craftsman. You don't hire some skilled laborer to carve this tree into a special shape. No, no. Then it's not even a tree anymore, right? Now it's a piece of wood carved into a shape. Okay, so that's verse 3. Then we go into verse 4. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nails so that it cannot move. Silver and gold. Wait, you know, these aren't just decorations of the colors silver and the color gold. This is actual silver and gold that are decorated on top of a crafted shaped piece of wood. What is this starting to sound like to you? This is an idol. 
That's what Jeremiah 10 is about. It's about idolatry. They shape it into the, into the face and structure of some sort of false god. Then they coat it with silver or gold or whatever they can afford, and they actually put it on there. Now, we don't, I don't put real gold on my trees. Do you, anybody put actual gold on your Christmas tree? You must be really wealthy <laughs> to be able to do that. Um, nobody does that. Um, so then we go on. Verse 5, it says, Their idols are like scarecrows in a cucumber field. And they cannot speak. They have to be carried, for they cannot walk. Do not be afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither is it in them to do good. They're idols. So it clearly identifies what it's talking about in Jeremiah 10. Idols. Not trees. Idols. Idols are actual shaped images covered in silver or gold or something like that. And then they are worshipped. Except it's God mocks them. He specifically calls them in verse 5. They're like scarecrows in a cucumber field. Now, scarecrows aren't just trees, right? They're actually designed to look like a person in a in a in a in a uh, farmer's field to scare crows away or scare predator, birds that will prey on the food to scare them away the thing is he compares idols to scarecrows now that's this is meant to mock the ancient pagan view of idolatry and idols see the pagan would look at the scarecrow and say you know the say ancient canaanite they would look at the scarecrow and they think those birds are so dumb they think that lifeless scarecrow is a real person watching the field that like I have a fake owl in my backyard to keep birds from eating my tomatoes when we grow them you know then the birds are so dumb they think this fake owl is real it never moves it never does anything it couldn't attack and they could land on it and poop on it and nothing would happen and so God is saying the same thing about the the pagan idolatry you think your idol's going to do something you're as dumb as the crow you're 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 as duped as the crow. You know you've you've put a scarecrow in the field to trick the birds, and you put an idol in your home to trick yourself. That's the context. It's 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 specific idols. So uh, the image we should be looking at is this image, idols. You know these carved wood things covered in silver, covered in gold. This is the kind of thing Jeremiah ten is actually talking about. They're like scarecrows as far as God is concerned. And uh, let's read on in the passage. Uh, he says, do not be afraid of them for they can't do evil, neither is it in them to do good. So they can't, they can't do anything. He says that they, uh, they cannot speak. They have to be carried. They cannot walk. Now that smacks of Psalm 115, uh, that they can't speak and they have to be carried and they cannot walk. Let me, let me take you there. Psalm 115 is kind of a parallel passage to this. And in verse four, it says, their idols are silver and gold. There's that silver and gold phrase again. Remember they're coated with silver and gold. Um, the work of human hands, they have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see, they have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk. They do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. So again, it's the emptiness of the idols. Why does Jeremiah 10 point out that these things, they have eyes, or excuse me, that they cannot see, they cannot speak, they have to be uh, carried, they cannot walk? Why does it point out they can't speak unless they have a mouth, but they can't speak? Because it's a carved idol image. It's not about a tree. As we continue, verse 6, it says, There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great uh, in might. And we're going we're gonna to read a lot faster now, but we'll just, I want to catch a few hot points here in Jeremiah uh, chapter 10. Who would not fear you, O king of the nations, for this is your due. For among all the wise ones of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there's none like you. They are both stupid and foolish. The instruction of idols is but wood. The instruction of idols. What, what, what can idols say? They're just wood. They can't speak. So again, we're speaking, again, not of a tree, not, of a, not even a, a decorative tree in a home. 
an idol that is worshipped and believed to be representative of some sort of deity. That's the idea. Um, they are the work, oh, excuse me, verse uh, 9 there. Beaten silver is brought from Tarshish and gold from Uphaz. They are the work of craftsmen and the hands of the hands of the goldsmith. Their clothing is violet and purple. They are all this, the work of skilled men. So here, clearly, gold and silver are brought up again. And this time, we're being told that these idols are clothed in, in gold and silver, but then they have purple, violet and purple on them as well. So they're different colors. These are not Christmas trees or anything like a Christmas tree, not, not a Canaanite version of a Christmas tree, which didn't exist. There's no ancient record for that. Just a bunch of YouTube videos spouting stuff that they believe to be true. They're zealous. They're zealous for the Lord. It's just zeal without knowledge, like Romans uh, um, 11 speaks of. So then it goes on, verse 10, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth quakes and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Thus shall you say to them, the gods who did not make the heavens and the earth shall perish from the earth and from under the heavens. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom and by his understanding stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there's a tumult of waters in the heavens. And he makes the mist rise from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain and he brings forth the wind from his storehouses. Every man is stupid and without knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols for his images are false and there is no breath in them. They look like a living being, but there's no breath in them. They're not really alive. They are worthless, a work of delusion. At the time of their punishment, they shall perish. Okay, do, do you see it? The, uh, the context of Jeremiah 10 is clearly about idolatry, very specifically. Um, there's another verse I want to share with you. And uh, I'm going to go to your guys' questions very soon here. This is going to be a very short live stream today. So just I just want to get this issue out because people ask me about it all the time. And I thought, I just want a standalone video that just handles Jeremiah 10 to help people out because of the videos like the one I showed you earlier that are creating an awful lot of confusion. Um, uh, in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 13, this, this deals with the issue of, but isn't it just wrong to have trees that decorate your house or something? Isn't somehow that wrong because trees represent fertility or, or, I mean, the Bible doesn't say they do. So as far as I'm concerned, they don't represent that. <laughs> but, but anyhow, Isaiah 60, verse 13, it says, The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, the plain, the pine, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. Isaiah is speaking of a future time when God will be having these trees decorating his sanctuary. Either speaking of, you know, Jerusalem as a whole or specifically of the new, of the new temple. So here we have even, you know, the idea of just decorating, you know, with trees. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, am I saying that you should, you should go get a Christmas tree if you don't have one already or something? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that Christmas trees are not in the Bible. The, the idea, the concept of Christmas trees didn't exist. Not even in some weird pagan fashion back then. It didn't exist. And they're not in the scriptures in Jeremiah 10 or in any other passage. Some people say there's a passage where... Um, it says they, they prostituted themselves under every green tree, except that's talking about going outdoors and there's an idol set up underneath some big tree and you're worshiping the idol. It's not the issue of Christmas trees. That's anachronism. Reading the text, ignoring what it meant in its original context and trying to force something modern onto it. And that's uh, not going to help us understand God's word. And we're just going to misunderstand it. It'll be zeal without knowledge. So you're under no obligation to go put up a Christmas tree. 
but neither is anyone else under an obligation to not have one. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter to your Christian faith. It doesn't matter. Um, you're not worshiping. I don't know anybody that worships Christmas trees or involves them in some sort of act of worship or something like that. Obviously, that would be a problem. <laughs> Obviously. Um, so there's the Jeremiah 10 passage. Um, I'll go to your guys' questions if you have any. Again, just a short stream today real quick. And what I'll be doing um, to, uh, tomorrow will be a normal live long stream. So uh, AJ, if you have any questions, please send those on over to me. Um, I'll, give you, I'll give you a minute to bring that in. Yes, you guys, there is so much. While I'm waiting on those questions, I'll mention something else. Um, there is so much stuff online about how Christmas is pagan and we got it from this. And they always mention like Tammuz and Nimrod and Semiramis and all these things. The problem is a lot of these guys, they're just, they have no actual sources going back to the original things. Like they don't have ancient sources about Tammuz or Nimrod. What they have is a book that some sensationalist person wrote where they made up a bunch of stuff, you know, 40, 50 years ago. And that stuff just won't die, right? It won't die because it's so inflammatory. It's so inflammatory, it won't die. I'm with you. I'm willing to jettison Christmas or or Easter or anything. If, it, if you're going to show me that it violates God's glory and his goodwill, I will absolutely come against it and I'll be with you making videos. But the, the problem is this stuff's just not true. But once someone gets a hold of it, then they start to have this mentality like, um, like I'm one of the very rare Christians who knows that all these other Christians are doing pagan rituals when they when they like give each other a gift on Christmas Day. That's a pagan ritual. And all I'm saying is like, I love your zeal for God, but you're wrongly judging your brethren and you're doing it based off information that's simply not true. So that was my hope here is to bring people together, allow us to have the liberty of conscience on whether or not we will celebrate or how we'll celebrate something like Christmas. Um, Angela Juarez has a question. But if, if Christmas is a Christian holiday, um, celebrating the birth of our Savior, then what on earth does a decorated tree have to do with Jesus? Are not we uh, are we celebrating Jesus or not? Um, well, the uh, the decorated tree. There's a couple theories as to where it really came from originally. So one of them is that Martin Luther did it, where he. I don't know if this is true. I'm not even saying it's true, but it's it's one of the oldest traditions we have. So from the 1500s, that Martin Luther was outside walking in the woods, and he looked up and he saw the stars, and he thought of the light of the gospel of Christ and. Um, if I remember the story right, and uh, and to commemorate that that he cut down a tree, brought it into the home, and they had fun decorating it, and that somehow led to Christmas trees. I don't know if that's the case. Another theory is that um, they had these these plays that they would put on where they had uh, this scene about the Garden of Eden, and in the scene on the Garden of Eden, they put a tree on the on the stage this was also in the 1500s they put a tree on the stage and, the, and on the tree they would put apples as part of the scene well afterward they don't just throw away the apples and stuff like that people would come and they would enjoy and eat them and uh it's ironic as that is right um anyhow this tree was then somehow morphed into something people brought into their homes i don't know it's really sketchy the whole history of it is just so vague we don't know exactly where it came from so when I set up a Christmas tree in my house, we honestly do it because my mom did it when I was a kid and it smells nice and we like it, you know, and, and you could tell, you could give it your own symbolism if you want, but it simply, Angela, it simply doesn't have any special meaning, right? It just doesn't have special meaning unless you give it special meaning. Trees don't come with special meaning attached to them. 
beyond what you what you attach. Now, you don't have to have a tree or not, but what I can't do is walk into someone's home and I say, why do you have that tree? And they go, oh, we just love the way it smells. It's fun to decorate it. It's a family thing and it makes us feel like it's Christmassy. And I can't turn to them and then say, wrong, you're pagans, you're worshiping false gods. You just didn't know it. That, that would be um, terrible of me to say something like that. Um, Anastasia uh, says this, uh, Zueva, I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name, but um, could you please cover the topic of birthday celebration and why it's not evil as Jehovah's Witnesses think the other way? You know, that's a great topic idea for me to do, birthdays. Um, I, I don't think I can cover it right now off the top of my head, but I'll definitely take that into consideration. Thank you for the suggestion, Anastasia. I do think it's fine to celebrate birthdays if you like. You don't want to feed people's pride and things like that, but demonstrating love for them, praying for them, offering them a gift. There's not, those are all positive things in my opinion. Uh, number uh, three, Jesus is the Lord of glory asks, what does putting gifts under a decorated tree inside our house symbolize? Could, couldn't it be resembling worshiping nature like the pagans offering gifts to the tree? I would answer yes, it could, it could be like that. Or, or it could be like something else. Because symbolism, this is the thing about symbolism, is you provide the symbolism for the things that you do, right? Like trees and gifts don't have their own symbolism inherently. You can give it whatever symbolism you choose. You teach it to your family. It becomes a tradition. It becomes locked in place. And so it could be, hey, we bring this tree in here because it's an evergreen and and it makes us think of life and how Jesus came and he is God's gift to us. He was brought to the earth, brought low for us, and we put our gifts under the tree. And so on Christmas, we remember the day that we sort of found, you know, we, we sort of had the unwrapping of the baby Jesus, of God himself coming to be with us, to be here down low on the ground with us, to be like of the dirt, so to speak. I mean, I, I can give it that symbolism if I so choose. Um, Isaiah Kennard says, what would you consider a pagan custom versus a custom that is neutral? Um, I think if a, if a, if it's a custom a pagan did, but it's not connected in some significant fashion to the, to the worship and honoring of a false God, then I'm not considering it a pagan custom. So for instance, pagans would sing, they would sing songs about their false deities. Should I then take that to mean that I, as a Christian, can't sing songs to God because singing is a pagan custom? I think that would be a wrong, uh, wrong way to go about it. And so I don't, I don't go that way about it. Um, but if if I say uh, pagans would offer their children in sacrifice to their gods, okay. Whereas the Bible specifically forbids that, calls that the kind of custom that you would not copy. I, I hope that that kind of helps. To me, it seems like it's not that hard to figure out the difference once I realize. That just because a pagan did it doesn't mean it's a pagan thing, right? Inherently. Um, and when I realize that, I go, oh, wow. Okay. So, like, God's created all things to be enjoyed uh, by his people in godliness and in goodness. So, that's my uh, that's my quick live stream. I don't want to make this video too long. I will be live with you guys tomorrow at 5 p.m. If you don't, if you don't usually get notifications, because someone mentioned that in the chat... When I'm, when I'm live and you don't actually get the notification, go ahead and make sure that under next to subscribe on the YouTube channel that you click the little bell icon and it has the little quotes around it. Um, because if you click that, you should get notifications usually 30 minutes before I go live or something like that. I'm not sure exactly how it works for everybody, but that's how it's supposed to happen. But if you get that bell icon, then you're saying, I want all notifications and you can select what you get. Totally up to you. 
Um, I hope this is a blessing for you. I hope you can share this video with someone. It's an actual Bible study on Jeremiah 10 and how it's just being abused by some people to um, sensationalize their own misunderstanding of what it means to be pagan versus Christian. So uh, Lord bless you guys. Um, I will see you tomorrow at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and remember to check the context when people quote scripture to you. Have a good one.